0: What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? Today we have Tony Deerso on the line and another amazing conversation. Before we get into that conversation, I want to thank all of you who have been sharing Men of Abundance, who have gone to iTunes and subscribed and left a rating and review. If you have not had a chance yourself to go leave a rating and review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this show on, I want to thank you ahead of time for leaving an honest review. I would rather you leave an honest review, rather it's three stars, four stars, five stars, or even one star. I want your honest feedback. Yes, five-star reviews, four-star reviews, they are good for ratings, and they do push the show up in the rankings. And I truly appreciate that. But more importantly, I really want to know what you think about the show. I really want to know what content you would rather have on the show. And if you don't want to leave that review in iTunes, feel free to leave it at the bottom of any of the episodes. You can do so by leaving a comment under any one of the blogs or any one of the podcast episodes. Of course, you can also hit me up on Facebook or Twitter. Either way, I greatly appreciate your feedback. It is very helpful. Speaking of feedback, I have to commend my son. My son sat in the car and listened to one of my episodes with me on our way to school the other day. And as he got out of the car, he gave me some very valuable feedback, and I've taken heed to that. My 17-year-old son gave me very honest feedback without hesitation. That's the kind of boy I'm raising, and I truly appreciate that feedback. Now, let me introduce Tony. In his career, Tony made impressive record-breaking sales into real estate, collectibles, insurance technology, and other varied industries. His accomplishments include raising $3.2 million in a six-month period for a startup business, among many others. Currently, Tony is the radio show host of Revenue Chat Radio, which airs twice weekly and is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, YouTube, and others. The show is a popular attraction and books six weeks in advance. Downloads and listens number in hundreds of thousands. And you can find out more about Tony at T O N Y d-u-r-s-o dot com forward slash radio tony welcome to men of abundance brother
1: hey thank you so much wally i am very pleased to be here and honored actually to be a guest uh speaker here on uh, men of abundance this is uh this is cool
0: oh thank you for that absolutely yeah i've got a pretty good thing going here i get to talk to some amazing men and uh learn something every single time i get on the on in a conversation, whether it's on my podcast or otherwise, because we always have our conversations outside the podcast as well. And by the way, it's not just men. I also talk to women as well. In fact, I have a couple scheduled coming up in a couple of weeks. But where are you at in the world? Oh, uh, I'm in uh, Southern California. Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am Italian, as you probably mentioned in my bio somewhere here.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: was born in Sicily, Italy. I grew up in Chicago. So you're going to get that. Sometimes that Chicagoan harsh, little harsh accent comes out, but um, I've been in California pretty much most of my life now, all in all.
0: Nice. I dig it. I dig the, the various accents and people that I get to talk to and all the different accents and everything. So I like to start the show out the same way that I start my day, Tony, and that is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today? You know, that's a
1: really good way to start out the day, and I don't always do it though usually later in the day sometimes but I always try hard to be appreciative of what's good and by focusing on what's good we we get more of it and um, I have to say I am really truly grateful for my best friend and wife who I think is really my better half actually my best half and you know I'm serious who knows where I'd be without her uh, if I could put it this way, she's like my greatest asset. If I, you know, I've never met anyone that flows me so much power and gives me the kind of respect that she does. And you know, even after all of these years, I am just amazed at how how she reveres me. It's amazing. Now, now, I am not an emotional person, Wally. On one hand, even though I'm Italian, but. I can't stress enough to say how important it is to have a good relationship and how that sets the stage in a way. And, and, you know, I'll be glad to give pointers on that to anyone. It's just awesome. She is my super person. She's always there when I need. We've been together. We're actually having our uh, uh, wedding anniversary later this month. She's just always there when I need. She's amazing. And I'm also. Gratitude, uh, uh, very, very much in gratitude of uh, since doing my show. Uh, well, actually, even before, I just had this growing number of real and true friends. It's just a dream come true. I have this abundance of A-list guests wanting to be on my show. I have abundance, Wally, of anything and everything that's of importance. It's really serious. I'm really serious about it. It's just, it's just awesome. I'm just having a good life, and I am very grateful for all, for all of that.
0: Isn't that amazing? I mean, first, I, I commend you for giving such a shout-out and being so grateful for your better half, your wife, because I'm exactly the same way. But the people that we get a chance to communicate with and connect with, and I always say, and many have said before us, that your network is, in fact, your net worth. And it's when I say net worth, I don't mean just in a monetary sense. I mean in an, in an emotional sense. And in a, you know, just your standards are at a higher level when you're associating with people of abundance and like Jim Rohn always says you are in fact an average of the five people that you spend the most time with and that's just another reason why I like getting on the line with people like you well thank you yes
1: very cool and it is so true I talk about it in some of my shows and episodes it's what you surround yourself with that you wind up manifesting and becoming so if you uh, if you surround yourself with people that you look up to, think are awesome, think are cool, think are intelligent, bright, whatever, you wind up taking on those qualities by surrounding yourself with it. And I'll probably talk a little bit more about this uh, later on in the show on on some points. But it really, truly happens that way. And I, I can't stress this enough to your audience. If you want to pull yourself up. You want to learn what does it take. Start surrounding yourself with what you think are people that you want to become when you grow up.
0: We will certainly be talking about that uh, throughout the show. And before we get into that, I gave a very brief bio uh, just before the show got started about you. I talked very briefly about you, but I want to hear it from you. I would like to hear a little bit about your background, where you're coming from, a little bit about where you're at now because we're going to go into that in the show. But let's get a little bit personal.
1: Well, sure, Wally. Thank you. All right. Well, you know I'm Italian and uh, – but. I can say that um, probably if I had to kind of give you the short bio, I'd say that all of the the past many years of going through the school of hard knocks, and by the way, I am a PhD in that, (laughs) has has helped get me to where I'm going. Now I got very fortunate because I have been working since the age of five years old when I was a paper route boy. Now this is not probably legal anymore, Wally but it was great for me and it really taught me the value of earning a dollar. It, it, it taught me the value of a buck. I did that for 10 years, believe it or not, as a child, and it helped pay my way through grammar school, which was a parochial school and it would have a monthly fee. I actually paid for that as a kid. Uh, they can't do it anymore, and the kids that is. and uh, the lessons I learned in those years, it was, So good in the formation of my character that it's a sad commentary that kids can't do that. They can't work when they're young, you know, because I think it really teaches them and prepares them for the world once they step into adulthood. I I think it's a great character builder, even if you can, you know, your 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 kid can do it for free or do anything. It just it just really helps give them morals and and ethnic. Ethic value as well, so I can't stress that enough. Uh, also, I've written a few books about sales and marketing, and I also wrote a fiction book. Um, my my last book, Easy Sales Procedures, is now out and available on Amazon. I'd like to tell you a little, couple more things about that later in this interview. Uh, if you go to Tony, D-U-R-S-O dot com, there's a books tab tell you a little bit more about my books. And there's also an about tab give you a little bit more info about me. But I would say that's a short bio.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's exactly what I was looking for, too. And we'll certainly be getting into a little bit more about your book as well. And, you know, I, too, worked at a very young age. I can't say it was as early as five. But I worked in a very, at a very young age and I was just having this conversation with a neighbor of mine that <laughs> one of the jobs, I, you know how I used to go selling uh, candy door to door, but I, I think some kids do that once in a while, but it was really creepy when, you, when I think about it because it was this guy that would come pick us up in a white van and take us out to a neighborhood where we could sell candy because there certainly wasn't selling any in the neighborhood I lived in. And he would drop us off on a corner and then say, be back here in an hour. And I just couldn't imagine letting my kids go do something like that uh, with anybody, let alone in some creepy white van. <laughs> so. Unfortunately,
1: we have to be very wary of that in this day and age. But if there is a way to do it while making sure that the child is safe, I, I just can't say enough that it's just it just it, it it's kind of like gro- grounds you and sets sets the stage for your life, I
0: think. And that's one of the things that we get into as we grow up and as adults, and we have kids, is we want our kids to have a better life than we did. But then it's kind of a vicious circle because we are who we are today because of the experiences that we had, and those adversities, and those hard times. So it's almost like we're sheltering the kids away from truly living the life that we did and making us the people that we are today. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, unfortunately,
1: and i really not against the way things are going today, but with schools teaching the morals, ethics, values to the children instead of the parents, because both parents work these days, it kind of lets things slide. And somehow this, you know, the kids seem to think that they're more entitled to to getting rewards, food, shelter, than working for it or exchanging for it. And it, I think that mindset kind of sets in. And I'd love to see that kind of get taken back out again because it's not healthy for society, it's not healthy for the kids. It's not healthy where people think that they must have, that they, they're they entitled, that you, they're supposed to get XX or such and such and they don't have to exchange for it. Yet. When you do work for something, you learn, and I, I think that's the, the key pivotal word here, Wally, is exchange. You learn that you do something, you provide a service or product, you get something back in re- in return that you consider is valuable. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. It could be less valuable, it could be more. But you, you consider it's valuable, as they did, you know, centuries ago in the barter systems and so forth. But you exchange something, and that's part of it, and I think that's missing in society where – too many people on the dole, and it's 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 growing. And by by uh, that mindset has to change, Wally.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And all we can do is do our own part with our own kids, and that's what I'm certainly doing with my boys. I've got one that's 22; he's often doing his thing already. I've got a 17-year-old who's very entrepreneurial mindset. Always got he's specifically working on a specific business that he wants to build and then my seven-year-old is learning from that as well so you know all I can say is we can only do our own part we can not expect anybody else to raise our kids for us if we want them to be raised in that type of environment
1: so true Wally but 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 you have to right on, mindset it it's a one-on-one scenario it's not changing you know a billion people it's changing them one by one by you instructing your kids and others inst- others instructing their kids we can reform uh, Let's call it a better society or more idealistic in terms of exchange and less of, you know, give that to me because just because I'm supposed to have it sort of uh, attitude. Which uh, I think we're going to talk about in just a little bit when you're going to ask me when you're going to ask me the one question I dread going to dread the most.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and we're going to get into that right now because we were just talking oh, no. about the, our adversities and whatnot. And I would love for you to share. Now we had this conversation, but the reason why I do this kick in the butt, gut moment and a kick in the butt, kick in the gut moment, is because I want men to realize that while everybody's situation is different. We all basically have that kick-in-the-gut moment. Some of us have several, and some of it seems like it's just never-ending. But we do all have that kick-in-the-gut moment in life, and then we have that pivot point, and that's the point we're trying to get to, that enough is enough. That's it. I'm going to make a change. And that's when you have to finally hunker down and do something about it. But I would like to hear at this point and share your story and your kick-in-the-gut moment.
1: Well, you know, I understand the value of why you're going to why you ask that question, and I understand the lessons that people are going to learn, but you you, you got to admit it's a bit of a dichotomy and an oxymoron from talking about abundance and having all this good stuff, but now all of a sudden, here we are, we're going to talk about terrible, worst time of our life. Well, here we go. <laughs> First I want to make it clear again if I'm sure I did you know I'm not the type of person that likes to grumble or complain you know I don't like to say anything negative about anyone and I had to kind of bone up a little gear up for this question I knew it was coming because it goes across my normal nature however it is an important story so I'll I'll do the best that I can on it Wally Now to tell you about the worst time of my life I have to start with the best time of my life, and this is a time period, well, I was extremely affluent. I got to the point where I had a custom-built house on a golf course, if you can imagine that. The mayor of the city was down the block, and a congressman, natural congressman, was my neighbor. My house was big. It was huge. I had five bedrooms and an office. It was brand new. Uh, it was built from scratch to my specifications and it was my dream house I had designated one room as a library another room was my, going to be my exercise room another room was going to be for crafts and projects you know, that my wife likes to do at times and of course we would have a guest bedroom well the house was finally completed and it was a very big moment for us we were thrilled and the landscaping alone was a marvel to the neighborhood you know It was extremely expensive in the six digits. People would come by, take photographs, and try to mirror, duplicate some aspect of it with their home. It it was really a nice home. It was considered a model home of the neighborhood of sorts. Well, at this time, my mother-in-law was working two jobs. She would get up at 5 a.m. to go to work, and she'd return at 11 p.m. And on top of that, my father-in-law was extremely sick and disabled. So at this point, you know, I thought, hey, I've got this big, beautiful house, you know, I should be gracious and invite them to move in with us, you know, this way she'd only have to work one job and she could actually have a life. And I thought, you know, I should do this. I thought, you know, I've got it, so I should offer it. So I did. She was thrilled and she moved in right away and she sold her house. Well, no problem, that was cool. And I paid for everything, you know, I paid for, you know, dry cleaning, food, house cleaning, dinner out, vitamins, going to the doctor, whatever it was, I paid for everything, no problem. Well, the rest of our family entitled felt entitled as well, and bit by bit, while they started moving in. Well, within a year, I could be wrong, maybe it was a little more, but it seems like it wasn't that long at all. By the time all was said and done, all the bedrooms were taken, <laughs> and we had seven people and two dogs living in the house. <laughs> it's it started to get crazy it's a true story and I paid for everybody I paid for everything you know if I went out to dinner with my wife I made sure that everybody had the dinners or I would order food for them whatever you know I just really took care for everybody I had I had the money I was affluent it was all great and they all did their thing during the day but I found myself you know When everyone was gone, I'd found myself running around after the puppy, cleaning up for him during during business hours because I worked from home in my home office. No one else did it. And it was just kind of determined that it was my job. And then – the complaints started to come in. This was not good. That was not good. This was wrong. Something was wrong here. It was a hassle to get in through the uh, the security gates, There, this, the that. It was a long drive from wherever. Just complaints, complaints. Nothing was good enough. And there was no appreciation, or let me just say, I shouldn't say no, I should say insignificant. Nearly everyone left their lights and TVs blaring all day unless I followed them around. I shut them off when they left, you know, and my electric bill was out the roof. And I threw parties for everybody's birthday, graduation, anniversary, and they were generally well-catered events. And everyone acted like they were entitled and they had everything free. Okay. The complaints continued to come in and I started becoming, getting treated like, like some leper, Who's only tolerated for as long as everything was paid for. It was starting to get weird, and I never got to enjoy my brand-new, perfect house. And I found myself, after a little while, I just began starting to visualize that I would someday leave and rent an apartment because I still wanted my own space. My business started to collapse. It became harder and harder to do sales and take care of clients while I'm running around taking care of everyone else. Now, I want to make it very clear. It was my fault. I invited, I invited them and the, the parade came. What can I say? But it did become a horrible mess. And my wife joined me in on the misery and wanted out of there. We had no time to ourselves. We had no solace. It was really bad. So when the housing market collapsed, I took action. My $1.25 million house was seriously upside down. The lead generation business at the time also collapsed overnight with the housing market, and I faced serious financial crisis from all fronts, and something had to give. Well, after many years of dwindling income, struggling, and growing complaints about this house, and I know it sounds weird, how could you complain about a brand-new, perfect, custom-built house, but believe me, it was Just awful complaints all the time. I finally decided, well, I'm just going to let this dream house go. It's not serving me any good. It's not doing anything. But I still had to take care of everybody. So I moved everyone into a four-bedroom house with a big backyard and pool. But the entitlement continued and got worse. My my business continued to get worse and worse and fell apart. And here's the rub, Wally. When I needed money to help with the rent... I usually got a cold shoulder or an indifferent attitude and usually I was told that their money was going to other more important things it was such a rub in the face especially when they would go out to entertainment functions which usually cost you know a few hundred dollars per ticket while I'm scrambling badly trying to earn a few dollars to make rent and pay utilities for their comfort you know and it got as bad as someone threw a temper tantrum behind my back one time when I asked the mother-in-law for a small amount of money to help me make rent the person thought they should get the money for their pleasure instead well all in all even though I probably saved everybody I mean this this was many years this went on I probably saved everybody something in the neighborhood of 500,000 by paying for everything paying the rent or insurance whatever but again you know I, I, I must say, I gave without asking for much in return unless I was backed into a corner. I, I don't consider they owe it to me. Just I didn't get that help when I needed it, and that was what I had trouble dealing with. So at one point, my business continued to dwindle so bad I couldn't even afford the rent on that size house anymore, and we had to move out. Now, since then, my wife and my, I, we moved out on our own. Her family mostly forgot my name. Uh, their memory stopped when the funding stopped, uh, unfortunately, but uh, my wife and I, we've had our own place for years and we're having the time of our life. I consider it's a non-stop adventure, it just gets better and better, and I do insist she maintains relations with her side of the family, and that's all fine, and you know, it's, it is is what it is, you know, it, just, it's, it hasn't changed my nature, and uh, it you know, but I would say it was the worst time of my life, especially when you have your dream and you want to share it with others and then it just starts crumbling. It's, it's, it was a very, I would say, gut-wrenching time of my life.
0: And do you think that they intentionally moved to that side of, of basically indifference and entitlement? Did they start out that way? Were they that type of people before? Or did it just kind of perpetuate based on the time going by and them being catered to basically well
1: that's a good question because you know they're all good people and you know my my uh, my mother-in-law I consider you know a, a very fine person and you know and she did what she could but she you know as well as the others got into doing other things with their funds and had issues when I needed help because I, I just don't understand. I, I just wish I could explain why and how that happens. Um, and I really don't have an answer for it, but it's just, I guess, just the way people are brought up or they think, you know, sometimes they think what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine sort of thing, and I don't understand it. Uh, I, I wish I could say more about that, wallet.
0: Say, for instance, you have somebody who is comfortable in their job and they just do this one or two things and then somebody else comes along and ask them to do one other thing outside of what they normally do well then they get pissy about it because you're breaking their norm they're used to this way of life and like you said they're good people but this is what happens on a greater sense in society and I don't really want to get into the whole thing necessarily in this show but it does point out the fact that when people are giving things without putting in the work and truly deserving the things that they're given, uh, the lifestyle, whatever it is, they get that entitlement mentality. And as soon as somebody asks them for any assistance to even help them to lift a finger, then their whole mindset has already changed to that point to where there's no return. And they just get, they start complaining and complaining and it just perpetuates. And it creates individuals, and this is like we were talking about earlier with our children, we're creating people who don't want to work for themselves they think everything should be given to them and it's just a sad state of affairs to watch
1: it's so true and um you know it's hard for me to change my nature i i believe so much in i would rather give than receive it's just i can't even tell you where it comes from wally it's just and I'm probably going to address this a little bit later on, but it just feels so good. I'm not going to stop. I just know it's right. And I'm not trying to make anybody bad. I'm not trying to make anybody entitled. You know, if I have if I have some wealth, I'm happy to share it. I'm happy to give. I give to charities. I give. I can't tell you how much I have given in terms of uh, my furniture, furniture. Uh, uh, jewelry, watches, all sorts of stuff. I I just like to give. It's it feels good, and I'm going to continue doing it. Just you know, but people just have to understand that there's also there's a point where one needs to turn around and give back.
0: Agreed, absolutely. And you know, it is wonderful to give, but sometimes even if we can, if we're in the situation in the position to where we can give in resources and funds, I still think that the best thing to give regardless is knowledge. It, it goes back to the old adage of give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, you teach a man to fish, you feed him for life. And that's kind of where I'm coming from in my show is trying to give people the knowledge and give people basically you, you know, introduce people to you and, and men like you that they can resonate with and go to for additional information for whatever direction they want to go.
1: That's so true, Wally. And I firmly agree. And I'm on the same uh, side on that uh, with my show, Revenue Chat Radio. I just love giving knowledge to people and helping people. And I get testimonials and I get really great things from people that's, you know, emails and fans love stuff.
0: Well, that's perfect. Let's get into that. Let's get what is Revenue Chat Radio. Let's talk a little bit about that and what you're doing with it. Well,
1: sure. Let's see. Um, probably, if I just pick up where I left off when that earlier event was happening, mm-hmm. and I was scrambling for income, I was at the time I was deep into the lead generation business, and with uh, the sour economy, it brought out the worst kind of people in the industry. I just didn't have it from the in-laws now, but I I just started dealing with people who wound up they had no compunction about lying they were taking advantage of others it, it, it was so sobering to find out how much lies deceit and lack of ethics existed in the deal in that industry uh, I was dealing with offshore companies you know I was constantly signing contracts with clients to supply leads and immediately things could, would go wrong with these uh, offshore centers and I would lose the clients as fast as I would sign them up it was non-stop it was like they were just so unscrupulous. it was like it just boggled my mind. How could somebody do this? And um, And then on top of that, I had a constant change of regulations in the industry. For example, one day I went into the office on a Monday, my biggest client whom I was generating over one million dollars annually in sales, sent in a cancellation notice. Why? because there was a new regulation that changed how I provided that type of service. That happened four times in seven years, Wally, and that got very old and stressful. And so I had no choice. I felt that the universe simply did not want me to continue on the existing path. I had to change. You know, it's kind of weird to say, you know, this inner voice, but it was just, it just started growing strong and I actually paid attention to it. And this voice said, create my own products and services. And I'm thinking, what could I create and do? All my life I've sold things, presented things on behalf of other people. And so I started to think, well, what can I do? You know, I've gone over went over this with my wife and I was looking for what can I create? What can I do? Well, one day I found out about radio and podcasts and I took the dive. Starting from scratch, learning by the seat of my pants, I started getting into podcasts and radio. I created Revenue Chat Radio. I learned as I went. My, my first shows for a couple months were live on Blog Talk Radio, hence the radio designation title. Those were fun, but the audio quality was terrible. I eventually left uh, BTR and channeled everyone to go to my website to listen to the shows. I interviewed CEOs, entrepreneurs, small to medium sized business owners. I interviewed best selling authors, experts in sales, marketing, leadership. And I wound up getting A level guests, big names, you know, uh, James Rickards, Todd Herman, Mitch Russo, and, and, and others. I eventually got up to, to 100,000 plus visitors monthly on my site the shows began reaching an average of 5 to 10,000 downloads per episode and in fact while I'm hitting my one-year anniversary soon and I'm um, kind of uh, thinking of putting together a special show for that but it just started blossoming and blossoming and it just became more popular and and here I am revenue chat yeah, I love it
0: yeah it's amazing how I hear those stories and how you built that basically from you know just the knowledge that you already had but you had no knowledge whatsoever in radio or podcast and that's basically where i started out but i had a mentor did you have somebody helping you through at all any mentors who were you following to learn any of this stuff
1: well i didn't know where to go or what to do and i saw that somebody was on blog talk radio so i went there and for anybody that's new Blog Talk Radio has a list of tutorials that takes you from the beginning before you even have a show all the way through to generating a show. So I went through every single one of their tutorials uh, over a couple days, weeks, uh, weekends, nights. I just devoured everything they had on podcasts and just started. That, that mentored me all the way up to start.
0: So you mentioned that you have... You received quite a few emails and people thanking you for your content and everything. Can you share one of your favorite good news stories with us? Yes, I can.
1: Uh, So many testimonials and reviews come in. It's just, it's like, I'm just loving it. Like this one uh, says, great insight from a couple of real sales pros. Awesome techniques and strategies and systems to raise sales by 200-300% to 300% are discussed here, but the main ingredient, I think, is having a genuine and true interest in helping others. Adding value and developing long-term relationships is the secret sauce." excellent content here you know that's an example of one of the uh, another one says Tony is bringing many different important aspects of generating revenue in my business I'm really digging the info and the delivery oh that's you (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, yeah absolutely and I have gotten so much out of what your show has provided me personally and i and i know how that feels i just know how that feels to receive those emails just when i'm starting to like is anybody listening how you know why am i doing this and then you get one of those emails just right on time or one of those messages on your blog or on iTunes or whatever and it's like oh my goodness I needed that right then and there yeah
1: mm-hmm. I mean I could give you a couple more if you wanted it's just it's just heaven this is this is why I do what I do is to is to hear that I'm helping people and and showing them the path from my experience and others experience and 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 helping give them a better life uh, this is just awesome
0: well perfect and that is a great segue into what we're getting ready to do, which is to pay it forward. Are you ready for that? Okay. So what I'd like for you to do is to give Men of Abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Well,
1: number one, if you don't mind the repeat, I think the most important thing to do is really check out one of my shows. You can download them onto your mobile phone. You can listen at your leisure. I also have a mobile app and I am on iTunes. And the shows give actionable takeaways and insights that you can use right now. i you know, uh, highly, highly stress it. That's one. Uh, number two, we talked about this a lot give something that will help people or help someone without the thought of giving in return. Uh, especially if you have a charity, give them something. If you don't, try mine. My favorite nonprofit organization is that of Kevin Richardson, the Lion Whisperer. His uh, trust is called the PAW Conservation Trust. And actually, my legacy is to leave most of my estate to them and at least two other animal wildlife funds that I have ascertained thus far. And the reason I say that this is something important, because you're setting your future to keep giving. You're setting yourself way out there. um, And by that, you're bringing in a lot more abundance into you because you're, you're flowing it. Let me make this very, very clear. It's not abundance if it just sits there. If you just take your money and run and hide it, put it in your wallet or put it in the bank or stuff uh, stuck it away somewhere and never see it again, nothing happens. You have to use it. You have to flow it. So, so figure out where your money's going to flow later, uh, and um, and give to and give to good charities. That's number two. Number three, and this kind of ties in all the steps. And I do have talked about this here and there. I highly recommend you listen to my EP 58 with Millen Levis, the prosperity goddess, about empowering yourself to live an abundant and free life. You'll find it at tonydursocom radio. The reason I bring this up is so that you can increase your income and your wealth in your life. And you can do it without spending a dime. I'm serious. Because there are distinct and definite forces in this universe. That will give you what you want if you know how to do it I even talk about this in my book and um, we discuss it thoroughly in this episode and I highly recommend everyone check it out it will change your life immediately once you start applying this information
0: excellent I do not believe I've listened to that specific episode but I will certainly make a note to do that today in fact what daily habits make up the biggest impact in your life
1: well, I, I, I'm very orderly and disciplined, and uh, I, I run things very simple, But uh, and I thank you for asking, Wally, because I, I think it's pretty cool. The first thing I do every day is I answer any communications that anyone has of me. I answer all my emails. Then I go onto my social network, and I look to see who's got a birthday. I wish them happy, you know, have a great day. I look for interesting posts to comment. And I and I and I truly just want to spread happiness and love. I know this might sound a little airy fairy, but I just want to spread good cheer around the world. And anyone that's got a new job or something cool, I congratulate them. And I reach out as much as I can during the morning. And then I take you know lunch, and then after lunch, I'm you know go flat out onto editing or producing my shows, which air a few times a week.
0: Beautiful. I absolutely love that. Other than the books you've already recommended and they can be the same books as well. What book would you recommend to our abundant leaders and why?
1: There's two books that I want to recommend. Now, one is my book on sales and marketing called Easy Sales Procedures, which you can find on Amazon. And I'll tell you why. Chapter two goes into establishing your purpose, working out your goal and setting up actions to attain them. I cannot stress this enough some business coaches charge literally thousands of dollars to sort this out with their clients you can do it yourself using this book and I have drills there as well that you can perform to get it all worked out and if you want more help on that hire me and I can address your company too on on this whole subject of goals purposes and how to accomplish them and there's other goodies in this book uh, such as simple secrets to abundance you only have to read understand and apply it and you know if you have questions or need help ask me but the other book which is um earth shattering to me is called Beach Money by Jordan Adler his chapters two and three about the life journal is worth tens of thousands this is a must read it will change your life if you listen to what he says about the life journal read and apply it absolutely amazing
0: that is an amazing book, actually, and I do have to bring that one out again. I, I, I got to find it. I've got it in a box somewhere. It is a great book, and I'll definitely be looking into your book as well. Of course, I have one last question for you, and you've answered this in sorts, but I haven't asked it directly. And that is, what does living a life of abundance mean to you? That's
1: a good one. Um, and I might shock people. I don't know because sometimes I'm. It's my 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 views shock people, but. <clears throat> It means having all you want, but not being greedy. I say this as loud and as possible and as clear as can be. There is plenty for everyone. There is no lack. Share with others. There's plenty for you. And above all, it means give out love and help others. There's an inexhaustible supply. Use it. That's what it's there for. What do I mean? I mean... You could keep loving and keep helping others, and you still have more in you to keep helping others. It's inexhaustible. And the more you use it, the more that comes back to you because it's all a matter of flows. And your own abundance will grow, not because you're you're not doing it on purpose to get more abundance, but it just happens to be the way the universe works, Wally. The more you give out, the more comes back to you.
0: Very good answer. I absolutely love that. And and I'm gonna chime in on that one because as based on what we were talking about earlier in the show, in that some people when when some people are just in the mindset to think that if you earn more money you're taking away from somebody else and that's just not the case. There's an abundance of everything. It's just a matter of what you do with what you have. And and giving back as you see fit, rather in uh, in treasures, talents, or time, it's completely up to you. But that giving back does, in fact, bring more into your life. But the mindset I want men of abundance to get away from is that in order for you to have more, you have to be taking away from somebody else, and that is simply not true.
1: True. And may I say, I had a fantastic guest on my show. I had uh, everyone's fantastic, but. Uh, Bob Lancer loved the method uh, He's on one of my shows amazing 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 and he taught me something Awesome, which is when you give out something when when you pay your bill When you spend money to buy some food be grateful that you have that and that gratitude Brings more back to you. It's an interesting um uh, Uh, little drill to 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 get yourself into a little bit of a discipline but it's amazing in application uh, and results
0: excellent so before I let you go Tony I would love for you to leave us with any parting piece of guidance and how we can reach you
1: sure Uh, let's see here I say follow your inner voice do what makes you happy Follow that voice because it will lead you to your dreams. Just make sure to keep it aligned with the greater good or a higher power. You just can't run around and take things from any store you want because it makes you happy. So you have to align it with the greater good or a higher power. Follow your dreams, go for being happy, and you're going to have the time of your life. And you ask how to reach me? Uh, Let's see. You can reach me at the the bottom of my site, TonyDURSO.com. At the bottom of just about every page is a contact form. You can contact me there or email me at Tony at TonyDURSO.com. Those are the simplest methods.
0: Excellent. And I'll have all of those links for you guys out there, Men of Abundance. I'll have all of those links, as usual, in our show notes. And that will be at menofabundance.com forward slash 036. menofabundance.com forward slash zero three six. Tony, it's been an amazing conversation. I absolutely enjoyed this conversation with you. And I look forward to chatting with you more in the future.
1: Wally, I want to thank you very much for having me on. I, I interview a lot of people. And I usually don't, you know, I'm usually not the what is it? The interviewee. I'm usually (laughs) an interviewer, but it's, 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 it's wonderful. You're a great host. You're, you've got a fantastic show. I wish you all the power and all the support and uh, all the well wishes for your success.
0: Excellent. I truly appreciate that, Tony.
1: Well, great. Thank you
0: again. All right. Have a good day. Thank you, sir. All right. Abundant leaders. That's all I have for you today. I truly appreciate your time. If you're getting anything out of this,